0: Good morning. Good morning again. It is good. I say it's good. To be in the house of worship one more time. It is good to be in fellowship with a church that believe, believe in hand clapping, toe tapping. no napping type of worship service today. And since since God never leaves us we got him right with us let us now all rejoice and be glad in it. You know, you know, you know We ought to have something every day to shout about. But I'm so glad today that our baby daughter came home to worship with us, Josette and her two boys. And not only that, but we have a grandson who had some major surgery just a few weeks ago. He's in worshiping with us too. And you know what? I'm gonna celebrate. And if you don't want to praise me, don't you handle me. I'm going to shout when the Holy Spirit leads me to. I'm going to dance when the Holy Spirit leads me to. But I tell you what I'm going to do also. I'm going to invite you in, those of you at home and those of you that are here to worship and celebrate with us, with us on this day. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, it is you that brought us from our earliest beginning all the way up to this point. You have blessed us. You have richly blessed us. And Lord, we are glad about it. We are glad that we can come here and celebrate and be among the living. You say you're God of the living, not a God of the dead. And just because you're good to us and you've given us so much, Lord, we gonna give you some back. We gonna give you some hallelujah. We gonna give you some praise the Lord. We gonna shout and praise your name. Now everybody, that's under the sound of this weak voice, let us say amen one time for the Father. Amen one time for the Son, and amen one time for that of the Holy Ghost. Amen!
1: Through six through the fourteenth verse. And it reads as follows. So they took Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malachi the king's son, which was in the court of the prisons. And they let Jeremiah down with ropes. And in the dungeon there was no water, no but mud. So Jeremiah sank in the mouth. Now it Megali, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs who was in the king's house heard that they had put Malachi, uh, Jeremiah in the dungeon. When the king was sitting at the gate of Benjamin in Melchi went out of the king's house and spoke to the king, saying, my Lord, the king, these men have done evil. And all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon. And he is likely to die from hunger in the place where he is. For there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded it, The Ethiopian, saying, Take from here thirty men with you, and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon. Before he dies. So Ed Milak. I get it. <laughs> took the men with him. And went into the house of the king under the treasure. And took from there old clothes and old rags. And led him down by the ropes into the dungeon to Jeremiah. Then Ed Milak. <laughs> <laughs> the clothing in the rag under his armpit under the rope and Jeremiah did so so they put Jeremiah with ropes and lift him out of the dungeon and Jeremiah remained in the courts of the prison then Zedekiah the king sent and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance of the house and the, and the Lord and the king said to Jeremiah I will ask you something. Hide nothing from me. May his word be a help for you, all spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your salvation plan. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We know that you are the Lord of lords and king of kings. Lord God, give us the sin. Forgive us of our sins and wash you us up from our sins with our precious blood. Lord, you said in your word that foxes have dens and birds have nests, but you, son of man, has no place in his name. You, our our king, became poor for our sake, Lord God. Help us, O Lord God, to understand your way that we may be a beacon of light that shine bright in the community, this state, this country, and this world. Father, you have given us all talent, one or or two. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are lawyers. Some of us are doctors. Some are nurses. Some are electricians. Some are carpenters. Some are mechanics. Father, we can go on and on in your name, Lord God. Let us not bury our talent, Lord God, but help us this day to transform this community to your likeness. That the gift that you have given us, Lord, with you we can do all things. Now, Lord, as we ask, you touch and heal the physical and the spiritual sickness in this congregation and throughout the community, oh Lord God. Lord, look upon bereaved families throughout the congregation, to the community, and this world. Look upon the preached word, oh Lord God. Let us not be hearers, but doers of His word. These I ask in Jesus' name, I
2: pray, amen. Amen. Somebody give God a great big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. God is great and greatly to be praised. If you have not already greeted your neighbor, go ahead. Take your time and greet your neighbor. Tell them good morning. Tell them good morning. Tell them good morning. Glad to see you this morning. Glad you're sitting next to me. Glad I'm sitting next to you. We're going to have a good time in the name of the Lord together. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Listen, uh, th- thank you, Deacon Campbell. Th- come on, y'all, y'all, y'all show Deacon Campbell some love. I-, I, know, I know when that reading assignment came up, probably some Deacon said, don't give me that one, don't give me that one. Don't give me that one. Somebody else take that one. Amen. Listen, we're going to all learn this, this name together, all right? Ebed Melik. Ebed Melik. Say it one more time, Ebed Melik. All right, we're going to come back to that brother in in just a minute. God bless you. Thank
3: you. Yeah, it gets to be kind of tough. I concur with everything that Reverend Joe Redmond said. Don't y'all know it's a blessing that we can be in this place? With all of these blessings, I'm looking at everyone with their red on and observation of heart. You know, it's, it's one thing to have modern technology to have come as far as it, it has come. But it's another thing for us to take advantage of it. We need to get regular checkups. There's no other way to look at it. Something can be going on with you and you not even know it. So let's get regular checkups. All right, amen. Today, we have with us members of the National Opera Competition, and I'm going to ask them if they will stand. And I understand that these are all finalists. So glad that you all chose to worship with us here at Cave this morning, and we pray that you will be blessed in your endeavors. The Walton Elementary book drive continues for the month of February, so help us to purchase summer reading books for the children at Walton by donating with a $20 donation, which ensures each student will have at least two books. The K Chapel Sunday School Department will present a black history program which is entitled African Americans in the Arts, Past, and Present, and that's going to be on Sunday, February 25th at 9.30 a.m. in the Family Life Gym. And everyone is invited to attend. Show some love. Become a friend of the Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board, and you can scan the QR code so that you will be able to donate to help the cause of giving our seniors their scholarships when it's time for them to graduate. Women's Day weekend is coming up. Women's Day weekend will be March 16th and 17th. The theme is empowering women of God toward a divine purpose in the year 2024. That scripture is coming from Proverbs 31, 20 through 21 and Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Members are asked to pay $25 each to the Women's Missionary Society. On March 16th, Women's Day Sneaker Brunch. Yeah, (laughs) the attire is casual wear, but make sure that you wear your sneakers. The ticket cost would be $20, and the ticket sales began today, February 18th, and they will be on sale until March 10th, and someone will be in the old fellowship hall so that they can receive your gifts. March 17th, Women's Day Service. The attire women will be all white with your corsage affiliated with the mission circles or either a pink corsage. That's March 17th, Women's Day Service. Our women will be in charge. And last but not least, as we hear in this third week of black history, We just would like to caution each and every one of you as parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts. Teach your children. Teach your children where we have come from. Teach your children so that they will know that it hasn't always been this good. Thank you now. Do it, and I'm sure the Lord will bless you.
4: I can't fool whoever they fooled me. <laughs> Do we have any cheerful givers in the house? <laughs> Do we have any cheerful givers in the house? <laughs> Looking at you this morning, all of this CRA, I can't help but to go back to the normal. Well, it's time to offering time. This is the time where we all now get the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. Here at K Chapel, we do fully understand that to fully worship God does include our offering, which are given primarily for three reasons here at K Chapel Missionary Buster Church. The first reason is a sign of obedience to God's word. The second reason why we give is to demonstrate a giving thanksgiving to God for providing all our needs. And the third reason why we give is simply because we just want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and ministries that occur here, throughout our city, our state, our nation, and even around the world through K-Chapel. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can give by using the traditional envelope system. You can mail that in, or you can drop it off by the office. And you also can use the K-Chapel app. For those of you that with us by way of live stream, you too can bless the Lord through your giving, by utilizing the number that's on your string. Now, of course, we don't want to leave our businesses out because we want to give you the opportunity also to bless the Lord through your giving. So we just want to remind you that the offering to baskets will be available for you to drop off your offering as you go out the door exiting the sanctuary. So now, our spoken word for today from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, may become rich. So, how much you give, and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so cheerfully, as well as liberally. For our God loves a. And God bless you all. 감사합니다. <웃음>
1: Praise the Lord. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the giver. May it be an uplifting of your, your kingdom, oh Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray.
2: Amen. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Amen. God bless you. We're excited this morning to be able to extend the Right Hand of Fellowship to our newest members. So I want to invite Murray DeLong, Lashana England, Shelby Evans, Delwyn Smith, Larry Ward. If you'll come down, receive the Right Hand of Fellowship, come on, K-Chapel. Give them a great big K-Chapel welcome. These are our newest members. Let us extend now to the, the Right Hand of Fellowship. Won't you come right here? God bless you. What a fellowship.
5: Chapel, now we will uh, observe our ministry of one. God promises to comfort those who seek him. When pain and illness strike you or your loved ones, remember these comforting words as found in Isaiah 41 and 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's continue to pray for all our bereaved families. The Levy family. The Dittree family. The Shelby family and the Carter families. Recently lost a loved one, Brother Al Levy, the husband of sister Mary Duval Levy, transitioned last week, and there will be a memorial service held for Brother Levy on March 9th at 11 a.m. here at K-Chapel. Hospital or nursing home, rehab, Brother Limas Magruder, recovering at home, Brother Cameron Hollins, Brother Christopher Devine Levine, Brother Glenn Barnes, Sister Annie Poindexter, Sister Mary Poindexter, Sister Anita Shaw, Sister Juddy Jackson, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Mr. Melvin Scott, Brother John Sanders, Brother Kevara Collins and brother Willie Lindsay also asking for prayer mr. William Carter those related to church members that are asking for prayer miss Lena Perry mr. Leonis Barner mr Keith Foger F- miss Dolores Phillips Mr. Larry Milton, Miss Demetrius Wallace, Mr. Clyde Cameron, Miss Renee Collins, Miss Luquana Caston, and Javante Noel. We ask that as you travel or call during the week, Remember to visit or call our long-term members. And remember, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Let us pray. O oh, Heavenly and precious Father, God, we come, we pray your blessing upon bereaved families, O oh, Heavenly Father, God. Lord, please be their strength. Lift them up in that down moments, oh, Heavenly Father, God. And, Lord, strengthen them, oh, Lord, to move forward. Lord, we pray your bless upon those who are sick in hospital rooms, oh, Heavenly Father, God. And those who are sick at home. And those who are convalesced, oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, be with them, oh, Lord, and know, Lord, that you are God who said that you would never leave them, oh, Heavenly Father, God. And not only that, O Heavenly Father, God, realize that You are God who never lost a case. We ask the Lord that You would grant healing powers to those who are healed, O Heavenly Father, God. Comfort those who are alone, or those who are coverless at home and in various facilities. In Your Son Jesus' name, we pray.
6: you Just has ever fell.
2: Uh. thank you choir thank you musicians can we bless them one more time hallelujah beautifully done beautifully done I don't know if your team won last week team you were rooting for but but one thing I know for sure uh, Jackson won last week. Mississippi won last week. Uh, When 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 members of the Jackson State sonic boom of the South took the field. I know we got some Jacksonians out here. I'll give y'all a minute I'll give y'all a minute. I'll give y'all a minute. You know, Jacksonians are kind of like Cowboys fans. If, if you say something good, they just going to go all the way in. You Amen. But we, we certainly celebrate that. We certainly celebrate that. It's always good when the home team can get some national publicity. Amen. For a good thing. Amen. 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 God bless you. Listen, turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 38, Jeremiah 38. Again, we welcome our visitors, those of you who are visiting for the first time, those of you who are visiting for the third time, however many times you've visited, we thank God for your presence on this morning. Amen, amen. Jeremiah 38, beginning with verse number six, there you'll find these words recorded. Then took they Jeremiah and cast him into a dungeon of Malchiah the son of Hamalek, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon, there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now when... I'm waiting on you. ebed Melik. Now when Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs, which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. The king then, sitting in the gate of Benjamin, Ebed-Melech, went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon. And he is like to die of hunger in the place where he is. For there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence 30 men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So Ebet melech took the men with him, and went into the house of the king under the treasury, and took thence old cast clouts of old rotten rags, and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebet melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him out of the dungeon. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Then Zedekiah the king sent and took Jeremiah the prophet unto him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said unto Jeremiah, I will ask thee a thing, hide nothing from me. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk simply from the subject this morning. This is our story. This is our story. This is our story. We have been been journeying through our understanding of how to read the word of God. How to properly contextualize it. How to properly interpret it or exegete the scriptures. This morning I want to answer a critique that I know at some point you've heard said. You've heard it said at some point, Christianity is the white man's religion. You've heard that. You've heard it said that the Bible is the white man's Bible. You've heard that. It would be accurate. It would be accurate to say that the Bible largely deals with the stories of God's dealings with the Hebrew people. It would be accurate to say that the Bible is written primarily in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, it would be accurate to say that a large part of the Bible's narrative takes place in regions that we now refer to as Turkey and Syria, Israel, Rome, and Greece. But it would be inaccurate to say that Africa, Africans and the story and contributions of, of dark-skinned people are not a part of the Holy Scripture. The Bible is not silent, and neither should the church be about the presence of black people in the biblical narrative. Our faces, our features, our foods, And even our foresight come to bear in the context of the Bible and the context of the spread of Christianity. In fact, in fact, in fact, not only are we in the story, but black hands, dark hued people helped in the shaping of Christian doctrine and theology that we embrace today. I know, I know. I know you've heard it said, this is the white man's religion, this is the white man's Bible, but, but when people make that statement, they are not even historically correct. To say that Christianity is a white man's religion is to overlook the fact that when Christian doctrine is being shaped, that people of North African descent were doing the shaping. Tertullian, Tertullian, I'm going to teach for just a minute, Tertullian. Tertullian was not European. Tertullian, Tertullian was born and raised in Carthage, not Mississippi. Carthage in Tunisia, North Africa. Tertullian is a church father. He's the person who gives us the language of the Trinity. So when you think of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, there's some black folk giving us that thought. From North Africa. Origin is not. European. He is born in Alexandria of Egypt. And, and even though some of his teachings got off base and he was determined later to be an, a, 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 a heretic uh, to the faith, uh, he is the first theologian to really develop what we call systematic theology. And so, although he reached the wrong conclusions, he gave us the way to get to the right conclusions. Augustine of Hippo was not European while his father was a Roman colonist. His mother was Berber. His mother's name was Monica. That ought to tell you something. <laughs> that was his mama's name, Monica. She was a Berber. A Berber is 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 an indigenous group, again from North Africa. And so Augustine of Hippo is the one who gives us the the shaping the thought of grace and and original sin and predestination these are people who have some melanin in them I'm saying there was some melanin in the making of our faith. There was some color in this thing that we call Christianity. There is some dark skin in our doctrine that we ought to know and celebrate and never let it be said that we're worshiping a white man's God and reading a white man's Bible. No, this is the word of God. And this word is not a white man's word. It's not a black man's word. It is God's holy word meant for all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that who whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This Bible is good news for everybody. This Bible is truth for everybody, regardless of your skin color, your gender, your age, your ethnicity, your nationality, your ancestry. This is God's word for God's people. Here's the thing, here's the thing I need you to see this morning. Not only are we found participating in the shaping of the early church and Christian doctrine, but we are found present in the biblical narrative itself. And while the Bible certainly centers on God's dealings with the Hebrew people, this, there is a clear black presence in the biblical narrative that allows us to say, this is our story. There's a clear parallel. And how God dealt with the Hebrews, and how God deals with us, that allows us to say, This is our story. There's a clear inclusion of people from the African continent that allows us to say, at least in part, this is our story. I mean, I mean, look, y'all, Moses' wife is Zipporah. Zipporah is a Kushite sister from Ethiopia. And, and, and apparently she was so, she was so So beautiful that Miriam and and Aaron, Aaron, Moses' brother and sister, had a problem with her. They started talking about her. Said, why did Moses marry that dark-skinned sister? And look, y'all, God would have nothing to do with it. God said, wait a minute, stop your mouth. And struck Miriam with leprosy. It's in the text, y'all. I'm not making it up. Phineas. Phineas is the grandson of Aaron, and, he's an, and it's an Egyptian name that literally means the dark skinned one. Hagar is the maidservant of Sarah, the third, and gives Abraham his child, Ishmael. The queen of Sheba, who visits Solomon, is from a land of Africa. The prophet Zephaniah, the minor prophet Zephaniah, is probably a mixed race prophet, as he is the son of a man whose name is Cush. Cush is a geographical area in the biblical world that is south of Egypt. It is what's modern-day Sudan, which means that at least one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament has some melanin in him. The woman described in the Song of Solomon is described as being black and beautiful. And all of these are just references in the Old Testament. I haven't even talked about Simon of Cyrene who was made to carry the cross of Jesus. I haven't even told you about the Ethiopian eunuch who is evangelized by Philip and goes back and takes the gospel to Ethiopia. I haven't even told you about two of the four prophets of the teachers who were at Antioch when Paul and Barnabas begin their first missionary uh, journey Lucius of Cyrene and Simon, si- Simeon, who is called Niger, a word that is translated black man. So people of color, people of African descent are found in the Old and the New Testament because, y'all, this is our story too. And don't let anybody convince you otherwise. The text that we read this morning makes that case even more. It's a name that we may not be familiar with. Ebed Melech. Ebed-Melech, the Bible says over and over, and you saw it in the scripture over and over, It make sure you know where this brother is from. He says he's an Ethiopian. Ebed-Melech from Ethiopia. Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian. Ebed-Melech. Over and over again, this text, makes sure you understand that this is a brother. And he served King Zedekiah. Zedekiah was the last king to serve over Judah. Scripture tells us a few things about King Zedekiah. First, he was a young man, 21 years of age, when he begins to serve as king. He serves as king for 11 years, but Zedekiah was not a good king. He was an evil king. He did not serve the nation of Judah well. And it would be in his ninth year of of his kingdom when Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon would invade Judah. An invasion that would last for two years and would result in the exile of the Jewish people. But before the invasion, Zedekiah asks Jeremiah to talk to the Lord on Judah's behalf. Isn't that just like some folk you know? They don't care nothing about the Lord, but when they get in trouble, they want to go calling. Come on and talk to me if you can they want to ask you to pray for them. They don't care nothing about coming to church, but when they get in trouble, they show up a little bit and put a little something in the basket. Come on and talk to me if you're here. Zedekiah asked Jeremiah to go and talk to the Lord on Judah's behalf. And Jeremiah comes back and he says to Zedekiah, the only thing that you can do is surrender. Because Babylon is being used by the Lord to judge Judah. In fact, Jeremiah takes it a step further and he gives what might be one of the first illustrative sermons. Because he comes in front of Zedekiah and he puts a wooden yoke upon his neck. And while he is preaching, he is making the case that Babylon will be as a yoke upon the neck of Israel. Well, you know what happens if you read the story. There's a false prophet. That comes up by the name of Hananiah. And he sees Jeremiah giving this illustrative sermon. And and he says, uh, you're not the only prophet in town, I'm a prophet. And and he goes up to Jeremiah and he breaks the wooden yoke. And he says, thus saith the Lord. uh, As this wooden yoke has been broken, so will the Lord break the yoke of Babylon upon the nation of Judah. But you do know there are such a thing as false prophets. And just because they call themselves a prophet don't mean you ought to trust what's coming out of their mouths. Wish I had a witness in here. Jeremiah, Jeremiah looks at Hananiah and says, I heard what you said and the Lord heard it too. And before this year is out, Hananiah, because you are a false prophet, get ready to meet your maker. And the word is that in the seventh month of that year, Hananiah fell dead. Wish I would read your Bibles. It's right there. I ain't making it up. Jeremiah Jeremiah still is not received well because he does not bring uh, a message of suddenly the Lord is going to turn it around and suddenly the Lord is going to restore. But rather, Jeremiah's message is, look, y'all, settle down. We're going to be here a while. Build some houses. Plant some crops. Marry your children off. Because we're going to be here at least 70 years. So, so, so he says, it ain't going to be a quick turnaround. It's not going to be a suddenly, but we're going to be here for a while. And because the false prophets don't like what Jeremiah is saying, they decide with Zedekiah, with his approval, to put Jeremiah to death. By lowering him into a well, an old cistern, where there was water, but there was no more. And at the bottom of the cistern, it is now only mud, mire. So what's going to happen? This is about to be, watch this, y'all, a slow death. As he continues to sink day after day after day, he will know that soon his life is coming to an end and there's nothing He could do about it. But how many of you know that the Lord is always looking out for his children? (laughs) Enter Ebed-Melech, servant of the king Zedekiah, of Ethiopian descent. When he hears what has happened to Jeremiah, Ebed-Melech goes to Zedekiah to plead with him on Jeremiah's behalf. Now, Ebed-Melech is not Jewish, but he's looking out for somebody who's being wrongly prosecuted. I'm going somewhere. He has watched them take real ropes to lower Jeremiah to his death. Keep that phrase real ropes in mind. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Real ropes to lower Jeremiah to his death. And Ebed-Melech takes it upon himself to advocate for the unfairly treated. And I want to suggest to you this morning that in Ebed-Melech we see our story. Three points and I'm done. For our story is a story of speaking truth to power. That's our story. We have a story and a tradition of speaking truth to power. Trace our history, and you will see that we have been positioned to speak truth to power. When Sojourner Truth in 1851 raised the question in Akron, Ohio, before the Women's Rights Convention, asking, Ain't I a woman? She was speaking truth to power. When Frederick Douglass was asked to speak in Rochester, New York at the 76th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, he spoke truth to power, asking the question, what to the slave is the 4th of July? When Dr. Nanny Helen Burroughs spoke to black preachers, black men preachers in 1900 at the National Baptist Convention about the role of women in a speech entitled, how the sisters are hindered from helping, she was speaking truth to power. When Martin Luther King Jr. led the march on Washington in 1963 on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial calling for Americans to make good on a bad check that had been issued to black Americans, he was speaking truth to power. When Fannie Lou Hamer and 67 other black Mississippians left for Atlantic City in 1964 to argue their case to be seated as delegates at the 1964 Democratic National Convention, she was speaking truth to power. In fact, so powerful was Fannie Lou Hamer's testimony that while she was giving it, in the middle of it, President Lyndon Johnson heard it. And he decided that her testimony was so powerful that it was gonna mess up everything. And he called an impromptu press conference at the White House because he knew if he called a press conference, all the cameras would go over to him. Read your history, it's right there. He decided this, this black woman from Mississippi it's going to mess everything up. He called his own press conference. Didn't he do it? Called his own press conference in order to take the power away from her voice. Ours is a story of speaking truth to the structures of power, the people in power, the systems of power that cause oppression and injustice. Ebed Melik was taking a risk by going to King Zedekiah to advocate for a man that was not of his own ancestry. But it was a man who was going to die if nobody said anything. This wasn't his brother. It was a fellow human being. He said, if I don't say something, this man who hadn't done anything is going to die. And this Ethiopian said, not on my watch. Not on my watch. I at least will stand up and say something. And evidently, Ibn Ibet- Melek Used convincing words that pulled at the heartstring of this evil king. He used compassionate words that somehow found a landing place in the conscience of this evil king. He used righteous words that somehow found a resting spot in the spirit of this evil king. And King Zedekiah responds to this Ethiopian saying, Take 30 men with you. Y'all go get Jeremiah out of that well. What are you saying? I just want to encourage somebody today. who feels like your voice doesn't carry any weight. You come from a legacy of rhetoric, a legacy of oratory. You come from a lineage of speakers who are able to seize the moment and capture the essence and make the case to call for change. I saw it this week when they put a DA on the witness stand in Georgia. Then they had the unmitigated gall to call her father. To that same stand to try to change the narrative from an attempt to steal an election to a conflict of interest but when that old gray-haired man and that old sharp-minded man father began to describe how he would rather take a bullet to his head than to give up the address of where his daughter was living when he started he got his magnifying glass up to his spectacles and started talking about all of the threats that caused him to have to leave his house. They quickly went on. Said, we can't let this story get out. This is too powerful of a testimony, too much of a witness. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying don't suppress what God has put in you. There's power there and everybody doesn't have it. That comes from a place of oppression. It comes from the soil of injustice. It emanates from the bitter waters of unfair treatment that we have been made to drink. And when you forget this soil and these waters that are mixed with our blood, sweat, and tears, you will lose your ability to speak truth to power and rather co-sign with it. Don't make me talk about some folk who have co-signed with the power. Folk in South Carolina. Who have co-signed with the power. Don't make me call no names up here. Let me go on to point number two. Point number two. Don't push me. Point number two. Point number two. Ours is a story, y'all. Ours is a story of making it do what it do. I'm just talking. I'm just talking this morning. Ours is a story. Of making it do what it do. Zedekiah told Ebed-Melech go get your 30 men and, and go get Jeremiah and save him but he didn't give him anything to do it with. He said go get your 30 men and go get him out but he didn't give him anything. You know folk like that give you an assignment but won't give you any resources. T- t- tell you what your job is but won't give you any support. Yeah. They, 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 they'll give you what it is to do but but you turn around and you can't find him anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Z- Zedekiah said go get him, get him out but then he got lost. Wish I had a witness here. And the text says that Ebed Millet went down to a room under the treasury of the palace. It was a storage room. It was a old closet. I'm talking about making it do what it do. He went to an old closet and, and, and he found some old clothes, some old robes and some old rags. And, and he got some old quilts and some old curtains and, and pulled some old stuff together. And, and before he knew it, he had enough material to make some old ropes. I'm going somewhere here. Now, now when they lowered Jeremiah into the pit, they had real ropes. But Ebed-Malek said, I ain't got no real ropes, but I can make.
6: My God, my God.
2: Ours, ours is a history of taking old things, discarded stuff, leftover food and making it do what it do. We took lesser cuts of meat from the pig, the ears and the tails and the feet and the entrails and folk come from all over the world down to the Big Apple Inn to get some smokes and some pig sandwiches. Why? Because we know how to make it do. What'd it do? I wish I had a witness in this house. We we didn't have the finest clothes, but we had hand-me-downs. And and when we could buy some clothes, we bought them too long. And you know what mama did. She hemmed them up, and the hem was sometimes two inches long. Why? Because as we grew, mama would let the hem out inch back. Because we learned how to make it do... I wish I had a witness in this house. Didn't have the best of instruments, but we took spoons and washboards for percussion and we took a old tub and turned it over and put a, a, a hole in it with a stick and put a string on the stick and plucked that stick. We took what we had and, and we made instruments and music because we knew how to make it do. Didn't have book covers. Had brown paper bags. Tried not to let no oil get on it. But every now and then the grease got through it anyhow. It had to go with the brown cover. We know how to make it. do. didn't have penicillin, but grandmama had a little fat meat that she put on top of it. I wish y'all would come on and go with me here. shoes would get holes in the bottom of them. Don't throw them shoes away. You better cut you some cardboard and slide in there and double your sock over one time just in case the cardboard give out you got a little cushion on your big toe. You better let it do. Young folk, we have Kool-Aid, we had sugar water. Learned how to make it do what it do. Didn't have a meal, but we knew how to make a mayonnaise sandwich, because we know how to make it do. What it do? Don't look at me funny. Paul said it like this. I've learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I learned how to be abased and how to be abound. In other words, I know how to make it do. saying preach I'm saying tap into that part of who we are and stop complaining about what you don't have start being thankful for what you do have and learn how to improvise that's that's what we did we improvised we used what we had we didn't have what they had but we used what we had and we learned how to make it do what it do Number three, and I'm done. Last thing I want to lift up. That is a part of our story. Is waiting on the Lord to work it out. I'm, I'm through. Waiting on the Lord to work it out. ebed Melek made ropes from old rags. He goes with the 30 men. Lowers these handmade ropes. Tells Jeremiah, put them on the yarn. We're going to pull you out of there. Can you see them? 30 men led by one black man to get one prophet who ain't even of his ancestry out of his pit. Everybody ready? Jeremiah, you ready? On three. Pull.
0: One. Two.
2: Three. Pull. You all right? I'm good. On three, pull again. One,
6: two, three, pull. Keep pulling. Keep pulling.
0: Don't stop.
2: He's almost up.
6: I see his hand. Get him. Ho, ho,
2: ho, ho. Get your ear. Get over there. You got him? Jeremiah is up because one man decided not on my watch. Now watch this, because I don't want you to miss your shout. The shout of that comes in the next chapter, chapter 39. Because you know, and I know, folk are quick to forget the trouble they've been in. You know and I know, when folk get out of trouble, sometimes they act like they ain't never been in trouble. The shout of this is in chapter 39. And I'm going to read it to you just so you don't think I'm making it up. Chapter 39. You no, know, I've learned how to end a sermon now. I ain't got a hoop. Just read the word. Preacher told me last Sunday, just the word is enough. Jeremiah 39 verse 15 says this. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison. Because after they got him out of prison, after they got him out of the well, they sent him in prison. While Jeremiah is in prison. The word of the Lord comes to him saying, go and speak to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian. Saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good. They shall be accomplished in that day before thee. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord. And thou shalt not be given into the hand of the men of whom thou art afraid. For I will surely deliver thee. And thou shalt not fall by the sword. But thy life shall be for a prey unto thee. Because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. I'm done. God said, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Go tell Ebed-Melech that because he trusted me, when the Babylonians come in and destroy Judah, don't worry. I got you covered. You will have to see it, but you won't have to experience it because I got you covered. I'm done, y'all. I'm done, but I just need to encourage somebody. That the Lord will work it out for you. But you got to wait on the Lord to work it out. Ours is a story of waiting on the Lord to work it out. We waited through the horrific institution of slavery in the United States. But the Lord worked it out. We waited through the Civil War and Reconstruction. But the Lord has been working it out. We waited through black clothes, black codes and Jim Crow. But the lord has been working it out we waited through the murders of metton martin and malcolm the lord has been working it out we waited through the murder of emmett Schwerner, goodman and cheney the lord has been working it out we waited through the lynchings of untold numbers of black men and women and the lord has been working it out somebody said well how long does it take for the lord to work it out i can't answer you that, but i can point you to the bible and the record that in the end It will be worked out. For I heard Isaiah say, every valley will be exalted. Every hill will be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places shall be made straight. I know he'll work it out. I heard John say, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth will pass away. I I know he's going to work it out. For I heard the prophet say, the lion is going to lay down with the lamb. I know he's going to work it out. So I'm going to do like Ebed-Elec, ebed Melik. Turn it over to the Lord. He'll work it out. That problem that you had, turn it over to Jesus. He'll work it out. You prayed and you prayed. Stop worrying about it. Turn it over to the Lord. He'll work it out. Somebody said, my baby need a pair of shoes. I got a light bill too. But turn it over to Jesus. He'll work it out. Do I have a witness here? I said I wasn't going here. But I feel mighty good right there. Because I believe two or three of y'all have had the Lord to work it out for you do i have a witness here is there anybody here that can testify today that the lord has worked some things out do i have a witness here you gave it over to the lord and he worked it out somebody's been sick but the lord worked it out somebody's been depressed but the Lord worked it out. Somebody's child been lost, but the Lord worked it out. Somebody's marriage was destroyed, but the Lord worked it out. Is there anybody in here that can testify today? God will work it
6: out. Say it. This is my story, this is my story.
0: Just before the doors are open. Pastor, I heard you name off a number of forerunners who worked hard in the civil rights movement. And I'm aware of Proverbs, the 27th chapter, somewhere around verse number two, where it says, Let another man praise thee, not thine own mouth and not their own lips. Now, I'm gonna praise you. A few years ago, a middle-aged man from Cave Chapel went down to the state capital, of Mississippi, and he said that the flag must come down. A few days later, the flag came down. Just a few days later, Oh yes, there were bomb threats, but the flag came down. You can't praise you, but I can. And we can say thank you for a God sent man. The door's open. Now the door's open. Will you come? Will you come? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So for whoever believed in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. The door is open. There's a story. You can tell yours, or you can forever hold your peace. But there's a story. The door is open. Will you come? Will you say thank you, Jesus, for sinning, for going to the cross for me? taking a whipping that i should have gotten but you took it for me this is my story god died on the cross for me not just for me but for you as well the doors open don't let it don't let it be said too late when your eyes are closed your lips are sealed the tongue refused to move and the ears won't hear another sound. Then it's too late. This is my story. The doors open. Come by letter. Come as a candidate for baptism. Or you can come out our, uh, under our umbrella. Maybe you're in school at one of the local universities or colleges. But you can come out of, under our umbrella. Or maybe you're from another part of the state, like I do know that we have some people here today that are from another part of the state. But since they're away from home, they come here and worship with us. The door is open.
2: Praising my Savior. Come on, let's celebrate that one time together. Won't you stand to your feet? This is... Praising my Savior. All the day. This is... you to continue our 28 days of prayer and fasting with us. We pray that you are following along each and every morning. We're reminded that we have a video of about 10 to 12 minutes. I invite you to view that video as you're getting ready for work. Don't, don't, don't watch it while you're driving to work. Amen. Not a good idea. Watch it before you go to work or after you get home. Amen. Amen. Again, that's going to help us in our study of God's word. Also, we invite you each and every day at 6 a.m. to join us on our prayer Uh, conference call, the the numbers and the passcode are on the screen. Uh, Start your day off with prayer. Amen. Start your day off with prayer. And remember, at the conclusion of this study, we're going to be reading the Bible from kiver to kiver. Cover to cover. Amen. And so get ready. Get ready as we delve into the Word of God. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you young people up there. Y'all in that balcony. God bless you. Amen. I see y'all up there. Amen. God bless you. Good to have you here.